0: Well, take your Bibles and turn to Exodus, Exodus chapter 12, and we'll begin with verse 3 this morning, Exodus chapter 12, and verse 3. And appreciate all of that this morning with those that sang and then uh, choir, all that, and I'm looking forward to as well as to tonight and Brother Kelly. (laughs) Okay, so uh, just looking forward to a good night We. You no, know, the ladies, take advantage of that uh, conference you have coming this Saturday. And, and I say this to our listeners as well, because uh, Miss Gamble, she's just really one of the most sought-after uh, lady speakers uh, among fundamental independent Baptists and other groups would like to have her there because she does a great job. But, you know, our own ladies are going to be doing other things. They're very good as well. So you're not going to be sorry for any bit of it. You know, it'll be a great thing to come and be a part of. So I encourage you ladies take advantage of that and, and uh, just uh, be right there and, and take it all in because it will be good. The only thing I was wondering about, though, was the crafts. Now, they said they're going to have crafts for sale, but when I think of crafts, I go back to vacation Bible school. And my favorite one was the man, you know, you cut it out of the wood and it's the head with a big long nose. And the entire string with a round circle uh, plastic thing and you catch it on the nose. If you all have one of those in your uh, things there, I'll give my wife the money to buy one for me. Okay, because I would really like to have that because I miss that toy. That was one of my favorites and I made it the first time. So... Uh, So hopefully that's one of the crafts you ladies get to buy this week, okay? If not, I'm going to be let down. All right, just having fun. Let's go here now with verse 3 of our text. And I encourage you, before I read that verse, though, I just want to say this, is that in your bulletin each week, we put a blank sheet that says sermon notes on it. And sometimes it's good just to write down things that you'll get from that things that God will show you that I I didn't say. And God shows it to you, and that's a good thing. So if you get that, then go ahead and write it down and have it that you can hold on and expand on it later. Um, But as we look at verse 3, the first thing I want you to see is a lamb. Speak ye unto all the congregation of Israel, saying, In the tenth day of the month, they shall. And I'm going to start. stop at the word shall. They shall. Let's have a word of prayer. And then we'll get started. Father, as we look at God giving command to Israel, they shall. And Lord, here in America we're have Memorial Day weekend, that means there were a lot of wars, but there was victory. A lot of lives lost, but there was victory. And Lord, Israel was delivered from Egypt. But as with us, with Israel, there was victory. And the victory comes from you. We sing victory in Jesus. And yet we know that involves Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. And so, Lord, I pray that as we look to this day, to this message, I pray that you'd speak to the hearts, and I pray that Thy very Spirit, Lord, would show people what you want them to have in their own personal heart and life. Lord, I, I just don't want to give information about God and about the Lord. I want them to personally know you to personally know you, not just about you, that they may serve you, that we all may serve you with our whole heart and life, in Jesus Christ's name. Amen. Okay, so he said to speak unto all the congregation of Israel and command. It's a command. It is a command, but it's not only to Moses. The, The only command Moses has here is that he told this to the congregation to the Israel but he used the word they okay so you're to command these people they shall they means there was a personal responsibility understand it's a pastor up here i am telling you what god's word says now i don't care what that preacher says And to be frank with you, if it's me saying it and not from God's Word, then I don't care either. But what I do say from God's Word, you better pay attention to because one day you'll stand before the Lord. Uh, You know, in Hebrews chapter 13, verse 7, verse 17, he talks about those that have uh, the rule over you. And he says, "It are they who have taught you the Word. Now, a lot of times we get to thinking of Having to rule over, okay, boy, I am going to lay down the law. I'm going to step on them. Boy, they're going to respect me. I'll guarantee you that. That's not the idea there. The idea is God's put them in a position, whether it's as a pastor or an evangelist, a teacher, what have you. The position for the one that stands uh, and, and has this book right here, is to make sure he rightly divides the word of god because he's delivering god's precious without error word so he needs to do it rightly and so if there's a command if there's a teaching if there's a preaching that just really rubs you the wrong way but it is biblical it is right don't get mad at the preacher but especially don't get mad at god because if, if it just goes against your grain, understand that your grain is wrong. Your grain is wrong. Okay. And it's a help to, for you to get right with God. You know, we have a pulpit up here. Sometimes I've heard preachers call it the sacred desk. And, and that's a good uh, statement for it. A lot of churches back in, uh, especially in Europe, they would have, and, and some of the Methodists uh, carried this on. I don't know if they still do today, but they would have two pulpits. Two pulpits on flat platform. One would be all to the side and uh, maybe someone come up and lead in music. They might lead in something else and other things would go from that pulpit. But then the, the, this other pulpit that's to the left was the one that was from which the Word of God was to be preached. As a matter of fact, the Word of God would be open. They had pulpits because they would have them uh, back when they started printing Bibles. They would be big things like this and they'd be chained to the pulpit because... They could make a lot of copies. So people could come by and read them during the week. And so it was that kind of thing. That was important. So uh, it was put there, but also when you have this just to the right of it, and this over here, there might be something over there. might be where the seats are for those that are involved to sit. But this had the Word of God on it. Because the Word of God is to be central to the church. It's that on which we stand. It's that from which we preach. It's that from which we teach. It is the Word of God. And when we go away from the Word of God, we're also going away from the power, the help, and the strength that God gives us. So that's just kind of a little history thing there for you. But what I'm getting at now is this. He says, they. It's always to the advantage of people to hearken to what you get from God's Word, to what He gives us in His Word, because one day we will give an account. Now, as a pastor, one day I will give an account. Now, in Hebrews chapter 13, verse 7, verse 17, it talks about that. Verse 17 talks about me giving an account, do it with joy, you might say sadness. Now, why do I give an account? Something comes up in your life. It's wrong. It's sin. You just rejected what was right. And you might say something, Lord, well, I didn't know that. I never heard that. I believe that's one of the reasons I'm there. That when the people that sat under my preaching, when I preach the Word, now, not just things come out of me and they're not out of God's Word, then That's not going to affect you at the judgment of Christ. But, he's going to ask, did I preach that? Now, look, I can't remember what I said last week, okay? (laughs) But, you know what, I'll have the perfect memory of every sermon I've ever preached. God will see to that. And when I preach that word, and you could be here, Now, I know some people are working, some people are sick, they can't be here. Or now they can even listen to us on radio or watch on live stream. But it went out there, and maybe you're out in recreation, maybe you're out doing something else, and you could have been there, and you weren't. You're still accountable for it. You are still accountable for it. Because it was preached, and God had it for you. That's why the Bible lets us know in James chapter 3, verse 1, that as a pastor, I have a greater condemnation. If I preach not the word, if I preach not the gospel, there is a greater condemnation to me. Now, if you're a preacher, Sunday school teacher, you will definitely, definitely, definitely get people who will criticize, they won't like it, they won't like something you said. That happens. They did that to Jesus. They did that to the Apostle Paul. They did that to others. So, yes, those things will come up. But I also want you to understand that regardless if those things come up, you know it's the word of God, you stick with it and that'll be rewarded one day. You're teaching, you're a teacher, that'll be rewarded one day. You see, we are created in God's image and God is the spirit. Remember that? Since God is the spirit and everybody, that, as a result of that, every person has a free will. If people choose to reject it, they reject it on their free will. They are accountable. But let's have enough love in our heart as a preacher or anybody, a teacher or anybody else, uh, witnessing to a lost and dying world, that we actually tell them, uh, how do we say, that we tell them how to walk with God, that we show them from God's Word, walking in righteousness. That is our personal responsibility. And so he continues here in verse 3 Take to them every man a lamb according to the house of their fathers. A lamb for a house. Now we talk about men being the head of their home, and God has made them that. Now, again, I've watched men over the years that said, Okay, I'm the boss. Man, I'm going to give it to him hard. You know, it sounds like the drill instructor, you know, at a root camp. And he's calling them scabs. He's calling them every name that you can think of in the book. And, and he does that for so-called getting them under authority and to listen and whatever else. But to get that discipline in them to work together. Now, He's telling the fathers, you've got a personal responsibility for a lamb. You know, this is talking about a spiritual thing now. Fathers, the biggest failure is not going to be on how you raise your children, because sometimes those children are taught right, but by their free will they go wrong directions. So what I'm saying is, is this. You've got a responsibility as a father that your family, your home, hear the Word of God and know God's Word in the home, know the things of obeying God's Word and living according to God's Word, that needs to start in the home. And Dad, you have the responsibility for it. Husband, you have the responsibility for it. That is your responsibility. Aren't you glad as we have a Memorial Day that we remember? that we're here in America, and I'm preaching up here freely, as anybody else uh, can preach freely across this land, the Word of God. It's because men obeyed, and men was willing to put their life on the line for right. Jesus put His life on the line and gave it, that we might have life and have it more abundantly. A lamb for the house. The Lamb of God, Jesus Christ, is the lamb for your house. Sometimes I've heard preachers say this. There is absolutely no biblical foundation for what they said. But they've said it. They've said, Well, you know, my child got to be a teenager. And sometimes he wanted to stay home. I heard one preacher, if I said his name, you'd know his name and be very familiar. Said, so one night I just stayed home with him on a Sunday night because I just wanted to stay home and watch television. Yeah, that really taught that teenager how important church and God's house and, and God's command to obey, to not forsake the assembling of ourselves together didn't mean anything to him. At least that's what it'll be teaching to that child. That team. So, men, you have a responsibility that your home is a home that honors God, whether every home in the country hates God or has nothing to do with God, or or, or they claim to be Christian, but they're not faithful to God. Be faithful. A lamb. A lamb. Jesus is called the Lamb of God. When John the Baptist saw Jesus walking by, in John chapter 1, verse 29, he said to his own disciples, Behold, the Lamb of God, which taketh away the sins of the world. Now John the Apostle, you got John the Baptist, not the same guy as John the Apostle. John the Apostle, 1 John chapter 2, verse 2, by the Holy Spirit would write that He is the propitiation, that is the entire payment for all time for our sins, and not for our sins only, but for the sins of the whole world. Whosoever will may come. And so, because of that, when I received Christ as my Savior, I did not become perfect. And some of you are sitting out there, Preacher, you didn't have to tell us that. We already knew that. I didn't become perfect. No, we didn't. We still sin, even after we've been saved. I don't lose my salvation. Why? Because I'm not keeping my salvation. My salvation's in His hands. And when God says everlasting life, He doesn't lie. He saved me. Now, there's that in Hebrews chapter 12. that says that he chastens and scourges his own. And that comes, and that's not comfortable at all. But he does, because he loves us. And so what I'm trying to point out to you today is that God loves you. He died for us, and he sent a lamb, but this lamb that they were supposed to sacrifice on that day had a special meaning for it. Remember back in the Garden of Eden? they sin. And what does Adam and Eve do? They say, we're naked. What do we do? And they got fig leaves and formed fig leaves and tried to make clothes out of them. So God saw them, they'd be clothed. And so they tried to work to make themselves acceptable unto God. You can never be holy and acceptable unto God in an immodest fashion. Now, ladies, I'm going to say that. Uh, Get on your husbands as you're driving home, but not me, but I'm going to say it anyway. If you have one one one-millionth of an inch of any part of your body that only your husband should see revealed, a top is too low, a skirt is too high, then my friend, that is unholy, unacceptable to God. And it's something which teaches your children wrong. It tells it's a wrong testimony to the world, and it is a sin before God. And it's part of the reason Jesus shed his blood on the cross for your sin. Well, I don't agree with that What? You're not agreeing with me or disagreeing with me. You're agreeing or disagreeing with God because it's His Word. They weren't acceptable. So what happened? A lamb, I believe it's a lamb. The Bible doesn't say specifically it was a lamb that was slain, but I believe it was for a couple of reasons. One, the wool would be good clothing. Secondly, Jesus is called the Lamb of God. And it was through the Lamb of God, the Lord Jesus Christ, that we are saved. The Lamb of God. And I just believe that Adam and Eve, there there was a lamb slain. And what I also believe about it, because Adam and Eve, Adam's over it all. And I can believe that that little lamb was like a pet lamb. something they'd probably pet and watch and just get pleasure out of that little lamb. And they would know for their sin of eating a fruit that God says, don't eat of it, for in the day you eat thereof you shall surely die. But it looks good to eat. What's wrong with that? Uh, and, And look, the serpent said, you shall not surely die. You'll be as gods. Why are they listening to the serpent instead of God? Why do you listen to what people say that's not in accordance to the word of God? Listen to God. See that's the secret for a Christian. Listen to God. And so I believe that it was a lamb that was slain that day for the sin of the eating of the fruit. And then God, as soon as he sees them, he has to reclothe them with that. You know, it's interesting to me, and you know I've shared this with you before. Proverbs chapter 31, we call it the, the, the ladies chapter. The Proverbs 31 woman is the goal that every Christian woman should want to fulfill. And yet, it says her children, her family, are clothed in scarlet. And there's a very interesting reason for that. For a scarlet clothes, they had to take a special kind of a snail and worm, and they would crush those worms, and then take that blood, what they squeezed out of it, And they would mix it with wool and weave it into clothing. This was something because it was so particular that that only the royalty would usually wear it or somebody that's very, very well-to-do. But if somebody could make it and did it, boy, that was work. They gave their all for it, just to be able to clothe their family. And... The worm they used is the same Hebrew word that was used in Psalm 22 about Jesus Christ on the cross. When he said, I am a worm. Not that he was a worm, but that that's the way the world was treating him. And the blood comes out of the Lamb of God. And the day I receive him, I'm clothed in the garment of salvation, that red garment, that garment of salvation, that worm is called the Tola worm. And by that Tola worm, that blood of Jesus, the cloak of salvation, by that red wool of the Lamb of God. Jesus Christ. Salvation is a rich thing. It's of high value. We know from the word of God in Peter we're told not by gold, not by silver but by the blood of Jesus Christ. The Lamb of God was our salvation purchase. And whether you're educated or uneducated, whether you're sick or healthy, rich or poor, you cannot purchase that salvation. You cannot earn that salvation, but you can receive in full that salvation by receiving Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior. You know, I mentioned earlier during our announcement time how they pulled down memorials and things like that throughout this country. And that's a shame. But perhaps a greater shame is for Christians to betray the memorial of the mercy seat of God where that blood, when he shed it, was taken and put on the mercy seat in heaven. And to betray that memorial, to betray it, because of our carnal... Christian living our lack of obedience to Christ and we wonder why America is in the shape of its in, and we think it's because of politicians we think it's because of, of world affairs when the truth of the matter is, is God's people have failed in sharing the gospel, giving the gospel and living the word that's where the failure is It's time for the church to wake up and stand up for Jesus as we sung today. My friend, being someone that's saved, but the Bible says saved so as by fire, I would a thousand times rather be one saved so as by fire than one who dies without Christ. And goes to an eternal lake of fire. Never does it cease to exist. Never does that person cease to exist. Never is there an escape. Never is there any hope. Never is there any help. And he could have had it in this life if he would have received it. And the memorial he'll have is hearing his voice because the rich man in hell was told, Son, remember? Hearing his own voice, reject it. His own voice, mocking it. His own voice, scorning it. His own person, not seeking it. Oh, yes. I would a billion times rather be in the lowest part of heaven than the best placed in hell. And yet, you don't have to go to hell. That's why he said, for whosoever will." Let him come and drink of the water of life freely. Do you know, not because you're doing the best you can, not because you were baptized, not because you joined the church, not because you're confirmed, not because somebody said, well, you're religious. No, but one day you realize you're a sinner headed to hell and believing that Jesus died on the cross for your sins. You called upon him to save your soul, and you know that if you died today, that heaven is your home. Oh, my friend. A lamb for a house. Yet, we'll see this evening. If you weren't in the house, you died, even though the blood was shed. My friend, you die without Christ, hell's your eternity. And yet, the Lamb of God, Jesus Christ, loved you so much that he died for you. He wants to save you. You're not sure you died today, haven't you, home? Please come. Let's bow our heads, please.